0: and Welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell. That is Kurt Sauter of Further Still Ministries. And we do this show called Solid Steps Radio. A few years back, we said, hey, let's get together and do a show that are dedicated towards men as our audience. We want to talk to men because, men, we're really good at talking about sports, weather, and politics. There's a place for that, but there's also a place to talk about the things that really matter in life for eternity. And we believe here in Solid Steps that if you are not, as a man, Walking with the person of Jesus Christ, you are not fulfilling your destiny as God intended you as a man. That being said, we talk about a variety of things, and today's topic is one of those varieties that you may not think, oh, that's not, I don't know if that's really a show, but I think it definitely is based on the history and the and the process of, of what we're going to talk about. So I got three words for my listeners. I'm going to give you three fair phrases, and you'll know what I, I think we're going to talk about today, okay? The first one is, hello, how may I serve you? And the next one is, my pleasure. And the third one is, would you like a lifetime supply of Chick-fil-A sauce? Okay, maybe that's not (laughs) one of them, but it's one I'd like to hear. Because today we're going to talk about the Chick-fil-A experience. Why is it so darn good to go to Chick-fil-A, eat the food, drive through, you name it. Why is Chick-fil-A such a positive experience and it's not by accident. So, so
1: listeners, um, we, we, uh, we have this opportunity to do, you know, today Chick-fil-A, but we actually just did another show um, recently and I, I told them about Chick-fil-A, they were coming in and, he's, and he, and this, this guy, 88 year 88 years old, he says, oh, that's God's food. <laughs> so uh, welcome Matt Briggs. Welcome Lucas. Welcome Jalen to Solid Steps Radio. Thanks, glad to be here. We, we are thrilled. Yeah, you, you want know to say anything, Lucas?
2: Yeah, I'm just excited to be involved. It's great.
1: Uh, and and Jalen.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: So Jalen, um, you're connected to the guy that just uh, gave the intro there. Yes, that would be my father. He's been asking me, Dad,
0: can I get on the show? So <laughs> this is your chance, son.
1: So Jalen, uh, let me just start with you just real quickly. You, you work for Chick-fil-A? I do.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. How in the world did you get started with Chick-fil-A? So Chick-fil-A is my first job. Um, Back in, I think it was August, towards the beginning of August, uh, my dad was like, he kept getting me like, hey, man, you got to get a job, you got to get a job. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I know I do. And so I went with Jackson and a couple of my friends up to Chick-fil-A. And, you know, that gave me an idea. I was like, I should fill out a Chick-fil-A application. So I came home that night, and it was like 10 p.m. I was watching a movie. And I was like, I'll go online, fill out an application real quick. So I filled one out. That next morning, I got a text from somebody on staff that was like, hey, we'd like to give you some more information. And I was shocked. I went in my dad's room. I was like, dad, dad, I got a text back. I was freaking out. I was like, this is awesome.
0: <laughs> so the efficiency of chick fil was on full display for us, yes. even behind the scenes.
4: That's and, and, and that's not an accident, Matt. Is that correct? No and fast forward a couple months and we let him wear a pink jacket the other day if you can imagine that. <laughs> he thought he was Elvis but you know, <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Seriously, you had a pink jacket on? I did. Yeah. Did you
1: really? Oh my goodness.
4: I okay. said he looked more a little bit like Elvis underneath with Elton John on the outside, but
1: <laughs> Talk t- t- Matt, you you are an owner operator, is that correct? I am. And what how in the world did you get how in the world do you get committed to Chick-fil-A world? How did that start? Talk, get, talk to our listeners about how that all began.
4: Yeah, for me, I mean, it really was a God story, and I'm not making that up. You couldn't explain it aside from God. Um, I grew up in Tennessee. I was at the University of Tennessee the last three years of my six-year college career. And in the middle of my junior, senior year, I became a Christian at age 23. And I immediately got plugged in the church that I was saved in. Um, I started working with a youth pastor there who went to Southern Seminary, and he was like, hey, man, I think God's calling you to ministry. You need to go up to Louisville and go to Southern Seminary. And uh, I got married later that year, and then seven months, eight months later, something like that, we moved to Louisville, Kentucky to go to seminary. Uh, A couple years into seminary um, with my wife working full-time, and we owned a condo here, and there were not doors opening like we had thought were gonna happen. Uh, it was time for me to get a full-time job because I was at the end of my career with the seminary. And um, God just led me through a bunch of steps to apply at Chick-fil-A. And, and when I interviewed with Bruce Smith, who owns a couple of Chick-fil-A's here in Louisville, I just said, I, I'm wondering about a career with Chick-fil-A. I have a business undergrad. I have this seminary degree I'm about to get. And Bruce shared with me the entire opportunity. And he said, like look, I can help get you right up to the point um, where you could work for Chick-fil-A to put your name in the hat for that. Um, and after that, it'd be on you. And I was like, all right, well, we'll pray about it. And we prayed about it. My pastor and my mentor, at the seminary both told me you should do it. You'll influence way more people than you will in a church. And I was shocked by that, but also felt like this was God's will. So I literally jumped on board August of 2008 and worked for Bruce Smith for a little bit over two years. Um, was thankful to get selected into their inner manager uh, program, as they called it. And that's where basically when there's not an operator at a store, they send somebody who wants to be one, who technically works for corporate, and they send them to that location. And you get to run a business, even though you don't own it and you don't feel that weight. But you get to run a P&L, show them that you know how to make good business decisions. And I uh, did that for about a year and was very fortunate to be selected of the Mall St. Matthews Chick-fil-A here in Louisville. So we got to come back to Louisville, which was really special. Um, and then from there, uh, three and a half years later, they opened Middletown. And thankfully, they thought I did well enough to where um, they selected me for that store. And a really cool story, I interviewed with Bruce in the mall food court. It was my first opportunity. Bruce uh, had was not owning it for, I don't know, a series of five years or so because he had two freestanders, uh, but he got selected for the mall St. Matthews again as a third store. So his first day back at the mall was the day after my last day at the mall. It was really special. So yeah, it's been a journey.
1: Yeah. We, we actually had Bruce on the radio, uh, on here on this, on their show. Oh golly. Um, five, six years ago. And, um and you know, what, you guys called Bruce the godfather, the godfather of Louisville Chick-fil-A. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's got his, He's got his little web going all over the mm-hmm. place, training people all over the place. Hey, Lucas, talk to us about um, your experience with Chick Fil A. You've been you've been with the company now how long? Uh, going on about ten years, almost ten years. Yeah. And what 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 was the uh, what was the secret sauce that you had to, to get you started?
2: So what got me started was convenience. So I was fourteen. <laughs> we we're living outside Nashville, Tennessee, and my brother was sixteen. Got a job at Chick Fil A. Passionately loved it. Loved the owner. And my parents said, you know, if you want a job, we'll drop you off. So um, they were the only place within probably 5, 10 miles that hired under 16. Um, So I went ahead and I applied. They essentially hired me just because I was my brother's younger brother. So, you know, the interview was not great, but they went ahead and did it anyway. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Um, So I worked for there for about three years. Loved it. Uh, Fully planned on doing um, culinary school and going into actual food industry long term. Uh, but then I did an internship under a certified executive chef down in Nashville and, uh, between him and the sous chef working there, I learned that, uh, owning a restaurant, uh, is in the top three jobs for suicide, alcohol abuse, and substance abuse. So I was like, I probably don't want to put my family through that. So I took a year detour and was a children's minister, came to Louisville to actually go to Southern Seminary to go to Boyce College. Um, And I was like, you know, I'm just going to wash my hands of the restaurant industry. I'll go into ministry. It'll be better for me and my family. And long story short, my ARA used to work for Matt and roped me in in an incentive program uh, to get me hired on for Matt. And uh, now I see that there's a great union between uh, ministry and owning a restaurant in Chick-fil-A, being able to influence people and still get to all the joys of owning a restaurant and creating food. That's so cool.
1: I love what. Who's it that told you, Matt, that you'll have more influence at a Chick Fil A for the Kingdom of God than being a minister? It was my pastor at the time and my mentor at the seminary. That's that is incredible. Yeah. And and okay, so you've been doing this how long now? You've been with Chick Fil A
4: total of how many years? Almost um, fourteen years total. Ten years as an operator.
1: Ten years as an operator. Would you agree with that assessment that that you you could, you actually could have more more influence than a minister pastor?
4: Yeah, absolutely can. Whether you do, of course, depends. Sure. But the the amount of people that work for you over the years is very substantial. Um, you know, we have well over a hundred people uh, on staff at both restaurants, at each restaurant, I should say, and um, just the guests. You know. 2000 to 2500 guests a day um it's a lot so we've we've done the math multiple times like i used to be the night supervisor so i worked largely with our
2: teenage crew and there were multiple times like especially in the school semester if the kid's in school and then works 20 hours a week i would actually see them more than their parents would so like just as a restaurant manager i had you know 20 30 hours a week with them and their youth pastor might only have two or three hours a week with them so there definitely is a lot of time to have influence on them if you take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, and, and we'll, we'll, we're will we going to continue to unpack that because I think that's absolutely fascinating.
0: So we're going to take a break. We'll come back for a couple more segments, three more segments, actually, to talk about the history of Chick-fil-A. How did they get from its origin to today? So we'll take a break. Be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Segment we talked about the conversation was my son works there now at fifteen and then Lucas said he started working there at fourteen. Do you know why they hire so young? I know this because they know their parents will spend half their money at Chick Fil A <laughs> taking their kids and dropping them off. They all of a sudden the money they spend at Chick Fil A is through the roof <laughs> happily. But there you go. Uh, that's so true. So Jalen, you've been working for Chick
1: Fil A how long? Last um, two months? Two, three yeah, months?
3: About since the Blankenbaker location opened. What, what do you love best about working at Chick-fil-A? Probably say the number one thing that I love, which there's many, but the number one thing that I love is the team members, the fellow team members that I have. Um, we all have a good time at work. Like, it's not like a wake up in the morning you like, oh, I have to go to work. It's a wake up and I get to go to work. Like Those are people that I can have fun with. Those are people I can trust, you know, those are people that we can enjoy our shifts together. Um, One of my best friends works at Chick-fil-A at the Blinkenbaker location that I work at. Me and him, we have a blast on the job. And yeah, just all the team leaders too, all the people that kind of operate, like they're just all amazing people. They're all, they treat us awesome. The way they treat the guests, you can just see like they're a great person. And I just think, you know, that's a great value to have working at a restaurant. So
1: and the and the uh, and the food is killer too. Oh yeah,
3: <laughs> the food is
1: amazing. <laughs> Matt, that is not by accident. That's correct. That he is having a great time. You t- talk to us about the Kathy family and because that, that's this is they've been you know Chick Fil A's been going on for decades. Talk about the the Kathy the, the family and why what Jalen just experienced is really part of the core values of Chick-fil-A.
4: Yeah, I mean, it, it really all starts with Truett Kathy who founded Chick-fil-A. Yeah, he started restaurant industry in 1946 mm-hmm. in Hateful, Georgia, and he just had a little restaurant with these bar stools. And, and the way that people get served today, that's how he was serving people back then. And um, one of the most amazing things to me to this day still about Truett is you will not hear a crossword about the man. I mean, everybody still reveres him and still wants to honor him, uh, including his family, which is, is pretty amazing. We're a family owned company. And, um, I just love seeing, I get interactions a lot with the second generation, the third generation, the third generation is more my age. And, um, I really am in awe. You talk about you know, his favorite verse was, I think it's Proverbs twenty two one a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Mm-hmm. And not only did he live that out, but the proof of him living that out is the second and third generation and their continual respect and wanting to run a restaurant like Truett always wanted. So it's pretty amazing. So it begins with Truett. Um, he did a restaurant for over 20 years. Chick-fil-A didn't come about till 1967. And uh, Truett was the first person to bring food into a mall down in Georgia, Uh, Greenbrier Mall, I believe, was the name of it. And he had to convince the people to let food and the smells be in an area where people were buying clothes that you would naturally think you didn't want that smell on. Uh, But Truett did that, and when he opened that restaurant, he chose a lady to be his first franchisee. He created an operator agreement that is exactly the same today as it was in 1967. The only thing that's changed is that I'm allowed to incorporate before I had to be a sole proprietor. Really, So it stood the test of time, and it's a phenomenal franchise agreement. And when you talk about intentionality, um, that's, again, another reason why everything is the way that it is today. So Truett began Chick-fil-A. His son Dan took over leading the company um, before I jumped on board in 2008. And uh, Dan just recently uh, resigned his position to pursue other passions, not because he needed to, but because his son was ready to take over. Again, leadership transition is really, really important. And uh, Andrew is probably a few years older than me, but he's doing an amazing job. He's a great leader, and we all have full confidence in him. Um, So, yeah, Chick-fil-A, 1967, it's a long time. It's a long track record of success of not just the food but the service. And uh, it begins with details, uh, all that intentionality that you talked about. um, It's just been passed on through through the decades, as you said, and uh, I'm a major beneficiary of all those great decisions and commitment to excellence. I mean,
1: just a commitment to excellence, doing the right thing in the right way um, with the right people. And it, and it makes a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talk to our listeners about um, what Dan is up to just real quickly. Um, yeah,
4: so um, you may not know, but the majority of Marvel movies are made in Georgia at a movie studio that Dan Cathy owns. So he got in the movie business. I don't know when, uh, but I think it was called Pinewood Studios. And eventually he bought that, and he changed the name to Trillith Studios. I actually got a tour of the facility in May, and they had just finished Guardians of the Galaxy 3. They were currently filming Family Feud. I saw the contestants walk right in front of me. Um, Spider-Man was completely filmed at that studio except for one restaurant scene that was in downtown Atlanta. So Dan's making movies. (laughs) And he's also creating um, this whole other, um, not a side business, but they're really focused on creating great content for children uh, through shows and other things um, that I probably couldn't define well enough. But it's its pretty fascinating what's going on down there. But more Marvel movies have been filmed in Atlanta at Dan's Movie Company than anywhere else.
1: That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> that's pretty impressive. You know, um, I asked Bruce Smith, who – who trained you and you worked for Bruce? And I said, hey, So, Bruce, what is the you know, you know, mission statement? I'm assuming it's the same, but I might uh, I muff this up a little bit, but it's to like, positively influence every person. How, how's that go?
4: Yes, to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that's entrusted to us and to have a positive influence on everyone who comes in contact with Chick fil A.
1: Okay, you got to say that one more yeah. time for our listeners. Yeah. That
4: is golden. To glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that's entrusted to us and to have a positive influence on all who come in contact at Chick-fil-A. It's 1982. <laughs> that's amazing. Back then, I, I do have to share this, the, the genesis of that purpose statement was Chick-fil-A was not doing well. I mean, it was it was a struggle. They had, a, a, I don't know how many malls at the time, they did not have any free sitting restaurants. And things weren't looking good in the early 80s, uh, certainly were not good from an inflation perspective. And there were a lot of economic factors that were making that challenge. Uh, But the executive team committed that like, hey, what do we really want to be about? And through these series of meetings, they crafted that purpose statement. And it may have been the story you were alluding to when we were off air, where they really just said, look, what matters more than anything? And they said, this is what matters. And the rest is history, as they say. It's pretty amazing.
1: I, it's yeah. I'm I'm uh, I'm amazed at the wisdom and vision that the Truett Cathy had, and he, that he had, and that he passed on down to you guys. Let's talk uh, real quickly, uh, Lucas, about the core four. Um, tell us what the core four is, and um, what. How do you how do you instill that into these young you know these young guys like Jalen who's you know is Jalen are you fifteen or sixteen? Uh yeah I'm fifteen. You're fifteen years old, and uh, how do you instill these values into these young people? Well with
2: Jalen it's a real challenge you know we're still working <laughs> on it day after day. <laughs> yeah, so for those who don't know the core four um, it's a training technique we have and a term for something so it it contains four parts it's smile. Share eye contact, speak enthusiastically, and say "my pleasure." Uh, it's basically the just bare bones foundation of what we expect from every team member, um, and so that's what we start doing on day one. We train it, we talk about it, uh, we try to it, we try to bring it up every day with our team. We've got sidekicks or basically just little posters with it all over our store, and we try to say like that's our bread and butter. Like you know, chicken sandwiches are great, the drive through is great. But wherever we are, whether it's, you know, working in the kitchen, working in the drive-thru, working in the dining room, that has to be a part of us and who we are. So it is um, something that we try to do with each other and with the guest. Mm, That's rich. Um,
1: We're going to continue to unpack this whole Chick-fil-A philosophy and values, but we need to take
0: a break. Well, we're going to come back two more segments. And if you heard that Chick-fil-A, they're really not in the chicken business. They're in the people business and you hear that in their value. So we're gonna hear more about the experience, and of course I'm gonna ask, how many chicken sandwiches do y'all move a day? I'm gonna ask that. You're asking, I know you're hearing, so we're gonna ask that question, and we'll come back here on solid stuff for So welcome back Solid Steps Radio. First couple segments, we were talking about uh, some the values of Chick-fil-A, but I have to ask because I'm a data nerd. I like, like numbers. How many chicken sandwiches does your Chick-fil-A move in a day?
4: So I looked up the stats for this interview. <laughs> um, January through September for the Middletown location, I think we averaged 758 a day.
0: 758 just sandwiches only. original
4: sandwiches whether they have lettuce tomato or not okay. um not including spicy or grilled or nuggets or strips Whew. or anything it's almost 800
0: sandwiches a day go out your store that's just your one location right correct yeah
1: that does not include yeah your chicken noodle soup and, and jalen you said you're you're hot on the mac and cheese yes the mac and cheese i get that every time i go into chick-fil-a <laughs> And, and you got a record
4: on uh, cars going through in an hour. Yeah, Middletown, um, in the year of COVID, when we were drive through only, we did 262 cars in one hour.
1: 262 cars in one hour. Lucas, how much is that
0: per minute? What is that?
2: It works out to about 4.3 cars every minute for an hour straight. Four cars a minute? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a little less than 20 seconds
1: for, per car.
2: That is like... Yep, and that's order taken, tendered, received the food, out the drive through
1: That's incredible. Mm. That is amazing.
2: Now, uh, now, when COVID
1: hit, you know, I mean, there's, there's companies and restaurants, you know, who really, really struggled. Mm-hmm. But you guys, that, that's not the case with you guys.
4: Yeah, we were very fortunate. Um, the culture and history of Chick-fil-A is to reinvent and always find better ways to do things and to create technology to go along with that. And of course the people matter too. And uh, we were in a great position as a company. And I think as a, as a local restaurant, Middletown was in a great position and excited for, not COVID, but when it came, we were like, all right, well, we're gonna make the best of this no matter what comes. And because we had the tools and the technology and we put more people towards it, we were able to have a lot of success during that time. Even every, there a lot of other people were
1: really struggling, but you guys were really thriving. Thankfully,
4: yeah, and 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 it's
1: not just that, but it's, it's your people, and uh, you guys are in the people business, correct? I mean, it's not about it is about chicken sandwiches, but not really. I mean, it's a really about people. That's right, which I, which I love. And Lucas, um, talk to us about how you hire and how you train and what you what you're trying to see in you know a guy like Jalen who's 15 years old and
2: help him help him as a, an employee, but more than that. Yeah. So, uh, we have a lot of different avenues for hiring. You know, we have applications online in person. Uh, we generally do two interviews for every applicant that we take. Um, Really during those two interviews, we have individual store values. And um, in every interview, we explain the values to the applicants, ask if they feel that they could work under those values. Um, And those values for us are first ones, no excuses, which we always say um, means, you know, not no mistakes, but it means we learn from our mistakes. Second one is teamwork. We're looking for team members who can come in and be a part of something bigger than just them, who can take care of the person next to them, you know, doing 262 cars an hour. You don't do that as a one man show.
1: Now, but back up. I want to say that,
2: that whole no
1: excuses thing. What,
2: what is driving that? So Um, it, it largely came from a book we read as leaders called extreme ownership. It's done by two uh, ex Navy SEALs, um, Jocko Willick and Leif Babin. Um, And we, we, Matt read it first and then we as operating partners and directors read it. And we've now passed it down to even our team leaders read it when they go through their leadership development Um, and we've always, we've really tried to embrace that of, we want our team to have real ownership of their positions. Um, and we really want to push learning from our mistakes. And so again, it's not that we don't make mistakes. It's that we don't make excuses. So when things go wrong, we're not looking to point blame at someone else. We're looking to see what, what could we have done better? What could we have learned from this to prevent it from happening the next time, whether it be just something operational or even how we just interact with the guest.
1: So when a young person does make an excuse, what do you do? We tell them we don't make excuses
2: here. We tell them that sounds like an excuse. (laughs) And we're pretty vocal about it. Like we're not trying to like shame people about it, but we like to hold each other accountable. Like, Hey, we don't make excuses.
1: That's I I like that.
2: No excuses. That was the first one. Second one is what again? Teamwork. Teamwork. You You gotta be willing to work with other people. Next one is integrity. We're looking for team members who are willing to speak truthfully, willing to work with leadership, you know, just high integrity people. We're looking for people. Fourth one is guest first. Uh, it kind of mirrors teamwork. You got to work with other people. And then ultimately we're working for people. This is a servant role working in a restaurant. We are here to serve other people, whether that be sweeping up stuff in the bathroom and, you know, in the dining room or making sandwiches for eight hours straight. Like we are here to serve. And the last two are effort and reinvention. This is a job you got to work hard at. And then we also have to be open to where there are always new things to do, you know, new ways to do the things we're doing. So we always want to be thinking, how can we get better? How can we improve? How can we change things? That's I love that. Um, how do we get better? How do we, how do we
1: improve? How do we get, get sharper? What makes this a better place
4: to work? Yeah, and I think like with effort, when, when we added that as a core value, I think it was really the most equitable way we could have a value that we could hold everybody to. Because everyone has different skill sets. In some positions, they may be better than other ones. But as long as they're giving their effort, we can see that. We can say, you're, you're trying. You're giving your best here. And you, you may not be the fastest at this position, but that doesn't matter because we know that you're working hard and you're giving us your best. And it's a good lesson for all of us, you know, as well, all these core values. How,
1: how do you, when you're, when you're looking for someone to hire, mm-hmm. what, I mean... Obviously, you're looking for some of these things, but you're also looking to develop. how How, how, do, how do you make those
2: decisions in your hiring? So, in the hiring, um, as a kind of umbrella terms, we look for three overall things. First one's character, and that's kind of what those core values get at. Second one's chemistry, and that's just kind of in the interview. You know, how is your body language? How do you communicate? Do you have what we talked about core four? Do you make eye contact? Do you speak enthusiastically? Do you already possess what we're looking for to train? And The last one is the least important. It's competency. We like to see team members with experience, but ultimately that's the one we know we can develop. So when it comes to being able to make a sandwich correctly or you know, take orders correctly, we know we can train that. So, but if we can find someone who has great character and great chemistry, that third one will just fall into place. And so we, we love it when team members come in with experience from previous restaurants, but it's the least important for us. For us, we'd rather have someone who has great character, great chemistry, and no experience. Because it's a lot easier to hire the right people than having problems, you yep. know. If someone's humble, hungry, they're willing to work, then they'll learn and be excellent at whatever they do, given the right coaching and, and time.
1: That's, uh, that's golden. Thoughts on that, Matt?
4: Yeah, I just think that, you know, for us, there are some people that have not been able to, it just wasn't the right fit. You know, it was hard and stressful, and we always try to end those situations with, this is better for you as well. Um, But like Lucas said, that competency piece, the other two are the ones that bring more danger. When your character is bad or you have bad chemistry with people, that's where culture problems exist. And we work really hard to have a good and strong culture, which thankfully Jalen alluded to earlier. Yeah. Well, you know, the heartbeat that I'm hearing, and I've heard this
1: over the years, is that you want to take a young guy like Jalen, And you know he's not going to probably be Chick-fil-A for the rest of his life. But when he leaves Chick-fil-A, he's better prepared, better equipped, better to face the world and to be whatever, whether it's an engineer or whether it's a teacher, nurse, doctor, whatever it might be, he's better off because he's been through Chick-fil-A.
4: Absolutely. I tell people we're doing our job when you come back to us years later and say, you know, I was a better student. I was better as a nurse, a doctor, lawyer, you know, husband, wife, parent, whatever the thing is, you're better for it because of your time at Chick-fil-A. You know, that's that's where the emotions really tug at you, and you're like, man, I'm doing my job if that's the case.
1: Yeah. He, they, they smile. They give you eye contact. They speak enthusiastically. That's right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hearing um, my pleasure
0: not outside of Chick-fil-A now. And I go, you learned that at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> We're going to take a break, come back, and in the fourth segment, we're going to talk maybe a little bit more about the customer experience. We talked about corporate, talked about employers, or the employers and employees. What about the customers? Let's talk more about how that experience plays out on a day-to-day basis. So we're going to take a break, come back shortly for our final segment on Solid Step Straight. So, our first three segments, if you did not get a chance to hear them, go to our Facebook page, SoundCloud, iTunes, type in Solid Steps Radio, and you can hear those in our entirety. Uh, commercial free, thanks to our great sponsors. But we talked about, we're talking today about the Chick-fil-A experience. What's it like to own a Chick-fil-A, hire at a Chick-fil-A, work at a Chick-fil-A, and now we're going to talk about all those sweet people who come through and eat all those chicken sandwiches. <laughs> I
1: mean, most of the time, Matt, I'm, th- I'm and, and Lucas, you guys, I mean, everybody... And I say everybody, a vast majority of people love Chick Fil A. I, I I tell people all the time. I go, I mean, I I love Chick Fil A. Um, why do you think that's the the case? And then my second question is, what, how do you handle people who have who are struggling through a, maybe a difficult, you know, had a, had a difficult experience? So, whoever wants yeah. to go first,
4: yeah, I'll do, I'll just. <laughs> Say so, yeah, most people do love Chick-fil-A, um, even though we make mistakes. And we know very well how many mistakes we make, and we don't even know all of them. Uh, but it's it, it funny how many people tell me, you guys never make a mistake. And I'm like that. I'm glad because we seem to make a lot of mistakes with other people. And we, do, we make a lot of mistakes. I make mistakes. I work on the floor with my team and absent-minded, not paying attention, just give the wrong bag to somebody. And there you go. It's a huge mistake. And it's a big inconvenience. Um, something we've always gotta keep in mind as we're getting better. It's not just about speed, it's about accuracy. and uh, we're trying to do that. Um, I me just to ask you real yeah. quick.
1: So if you hand me the wrong bag, I ordered you know strips and fries and you know a shake, and I didn't get that. and I, all of a sudden I pull around. How do you handle that?
4: Yeah, so I mean we're gonna we have a, a thing that's called the herd model. you know we we want to hear you. We want to empathize with you. We want to apologize. We want to resolve the situation and even even delight in that situation, we call it. We're kind of surprised, uh, maybe go a step above. And so, you know, replacing not just your food, uh, but we may also give you a card for something on a future visit just because we, we're really sorry that we made a mistake. Um, we try to use that as a, as a base model. Uh, it can be very difficult in situations to use that to its entirety, depending on. Uh, the guest and how big the error was and, and even, you know, how they are. And uh, you know, like when, when you make a mistake, it can really inconvenience somebody. And, and, and sometimes people are, you know, I'm not always at my best and, um, and, and other people, they, they can have the same situation. So uh, we, but we try to resolve the situation we try to make it right as much as we can. So what do you call that? The herd herd model,
1: hear them. Empathize. empathize apologize resolve it resolve it oh wow that's good that's good stuff um, Lucas talk real quickly about um, when a person comes in unhappy and you there's some conflict with
2: one of your one of your 16 year olds how do you handle that? Yeah, so uh, naturally we would deal with a wide variety of situations. For small ones, like, you know, our team we try to train on the herd model in that core four, so at least they can have that initial, you know, interaction. Try to figure out what the guest is missing or what they need, um, but we try to run as much of it through our leadership team as we can. So we've got team leaders, supervisors, and directors. And um, they have more extensive training on it. So like, if they're missing food, they'll come over and speak with the guest. They'll you know, also do the herd model. And then they'll try to actually be the one to resolve it, whether it be getting the corrected order, getting a coupon, refunding for additional charges, whatever it may be. Um, they'll be the one actually fixing it. So for most of our team, we try to push it towards our leaders and they have more um, training and experience on how to help um you know, get through the circumstance. But the biggest thing with, we always push with our team is, you know, we can't train them for every situation. So we just try to teach them discernment on, Mm -hmm. and they have that freedom to make decisions in the moment to um, uh, accommodate the guest with what they feel like is best based off the circumstances. So
1: give them an extra fry or whatever. It's kind of sometimes up to their discernment.
2: Yeah, and it kind of depends on what happened with the guest. Like if they just are missing sauces, you know, that's a pretty easy one to resolve, you know. But if they were charged for someone else's order, that's going to be a little bit more complicated to resolve and then to, you know, actually correct and stuff. And so we always try to make sure our team just has a clarity of expectations on what resolving really means and then kind of some different options on ways to delight the guest.
4: Wow. Yeah. It'll at the end of the day, though, there are some situations where, you know, we encourage our team, you can say, I'm sorry, this is just all I'm authorized to do. Because we do get requests that, that are more complex, like as Lucas was mm-hmm. referring to, depending on what level you're at. And if none of the operating partners are at the restaurant and there are no directors, you know that's a good way for them to just try to help an ups- upset guests know that they're doing all they can. But and, and if, now they want, if they have blame, it ultimately comes back to me because they're my policies at the end of the day.
1: Wow. So. The herd m- model is that is that nationwide. It is na- it is yeah. That is a nationwide be, yeah. thing. Hopefully,
4: it is. <laughs> and, and we 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 don't we wouldn't sit here and tell you we're perfect at it either. So we're trying to continue to get better ourselves.
1: Uh, well, I mean, I love that that you guys that you aim for perfection. You're not going to hit it, but you acknowledge when you make a mistake. And I was sharing in the break how you know Chick fil A has many times you know been a blessing to me like wow i didn't see that coming there's a there's a, a a value of um under promise over deliver you really you guys talk about that just a minute matt
4: yeah i think where you see that we don't necessarily talk about that amongst ourselves but i think how chick-fil-a has become so popular is because they don't expect certain things when they come into a chick-fil-a but then those things happen like they they come to no speed then they see like hyperspeed, which I've never said that before, but it, it sounds kind of <laughs> cool. And they're like, they're just like, you guys are awesome. That you know, it was like that was not just fast, that was super fast. And they didn't, they didn't expect that. They expected good speed and good service and all that. But when we go above and beyond, and we've long term had a, a thing called second mile service, yeah. which you guys experience in the dining rooms um, a, a lot of times, where we'll come and refresh your beverages and we'll take you know your leftovers for you. Um, because it's based off of the Roman centurion. Uh, and Jesus said, if they force you to go one mile, go with them too. And uh, Dan Cathy was the one that instituted that. And it's been a big part of our hospitality in the restaurant for a long time. So I think it's, you know, it's, they're getting more value, hopefully, than what they're investing out of their wallets. And That's our, that's one of our goals. That's really awesome. Um, I, I want
1: you to, Give our listeners one more time. I know you've said it twice, but your mission statement. To me, that is so powerful. And if we as the people of God who are listening, listeners, can embrace
4: that, that would be fantastic. Go ahead. We want to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that's entrusted to us and to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A, which, by the way, means a lot of other groups of people that may not agree with that purpose statement. And if you're living out that purpose statement, you're still honoring God by having a positive influence on, on people that may or may not, you know um, you know, cause we're, we're not a Christian company. We're a business that's founded on biblical principles. And um, you know, that's part of living that out. Like the whole world has a wide variety of belief systems and, and everything else. Um, but we believe in having a positive influence on everybody
1: that's uh that's a powerful thing uh you guys thank you so much for coming would you pray for us
4: yeah kind of pray us out and
1: pray your continued grace on chick-fil-a and um all your all your
4: staff yeah i'll do it thank you thank you matt father god we uh, thank you for this opportunity lord i I just feel so thankful to even have this opportunity um i'm thankful for chick-fil-a i'm thankful for solid steps radio um just to be able to brag on what you have done through a company that was founded by one man that has left a lasting legacy. And uh, Lord, just pray for all Chick-fil-A's, all Chick-fil-A operators and their staffs, their leadership teams, that we would continue to live out the vision and the mission that Trick Cathy left for us. Lord, I, I pray that you would help us to walk along your path, to follow your steps, strengthen us, to uh to live unto you and to help us to make great and wise decisions every day and and, you know help us more than anything to have a great impact and influence on all those that come in contact with chick-fil-a and with solid steps radio and it's in christ's name that i pray Mm. amen Amen. thanks matt
0: thanks lucas thanks jalen it was my pleasure man i enjoyed it (laughs) my pleasure did you hear that (laughs) that's right so uh, you heard some things you heard Uh, heard method you know listen to them empathize with them you heard smile be enthusiastic Uh, you also heard uh, just respecting the person in front of you as a person if you use those characteristics with your family with your friends with your (laughs) spouse you no wonder it's so nice to go to Chick-fil-A because they are doing those things how much more important would it be for us to do those things so it ain't just the chicken sandwiches even though they're good thanks for listening to Solid Step 3
2: step by day, I am still